Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The transfer portal and NIL deals continue to thrive, and it's making college football that much better. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Tampa Bay Lightning's biggest fan since Dick Vitale. And with me, as always, is AJ. Preseason is less than a month away? Marchese. What? What? I think the longer NBA season's like making it feel like the preseason shouldn't be so close. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's June 7th, 8th, whatever the hell it is right now. Wow. Good good take. Today we're going to continue our 2022 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the Conference USA and Sunbelt, a.k.a. the G5 South. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven rounds in heaven with my lady driving out. To Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wage your future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Well, the Tampa Bay Lightning did it. They won the Stanley Cup for the second straight year. But we're not done talking about it. The NHL season never ends. And that's why people like AJ jump on Spotify Greenroom all the time, every day. Because it's a live audio-only sports talk platform where they can get their takes off. Like how Montreal never deserved to be in it. Mm-hmm. And that the Islanders versus the Lightning was the real cup. Right, correct. AJ? Absolutely correct. And Spotify Greenroom is free to download and to use. Talk to people like AJ, other fans, athletes, insiders, NHL enthusiasts in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow everybody via their at and be notified when their room goes live. And hey, AJ's going to be going live any day now to talk Tom Wilson and whether he should be able to play the first regular season game of the 2022 season. Uh, Do you want me to spoil the answer? Yeah, go. Tell Absolutely us. not. Tom Wilson should not be allowed on the ice uh, for a long, long time. Speaking of ice, the Sun Belt 
melts the ice. It's a fun belt, and hockey's fun. <laughs> hey, the Sun Belt won uh, the NHL, the, the Lightning. That's a good point. That's true. Well, I mean, South Florida is USF is Tampa, and t- they're in the American though. So, it's okay. Well, there's other, other schools, Rob. I'm just telling you, you're wrong. And that's why today we will be breaking down the Kuza and the Fun Belt, featuring Liberty, because we threw BY in with BYU and with the G5 North, so Liberty gets the G5 South. Because hey, Virginia might be in the North, but Liberty's a school that believes in Southern values. <laughs> that's a great point. Um, I think the Fun Belt is, especially after last year, is my favorite. Uh, also, we're not supposed to call it the Group of Five anymore because of the new playoff rules and everything um I, i've heard the argument for mid-majors what do you want to call them i like the group of five mid-majors is basketball i know it is but group of five is like a slight to these programs that's why there's talk of changing it because technically by playoff rules it's the top six rated conference champs regardless of conference so in theory that could be all five group of fives <laughs> it's not you're not wrong yeah I think, um, I, to me, mid-major sounds more like a slight than a group of five. Although, if, by saying mid-majors, it helps group in independence because it's always annoying to be like non-FBS, or sorry, non-power five. Because like Liberty and BYU, in theory, are group of five schools. That's true. Do you think, do you think, do you think those, uh, those, those schools are going to email me and, and berate me for saying that? <laughs> What are there any other name options? I saw them, but I don't remember. Them. Um, I saw Chris Vanini, who covers the G five for the Athletic, talking about what what he should be calling his column now because he calls it the G five uh, mailbag and things like that. And uh, he he was saying mid majors just stick with the group of five. I think he was saying the other five. <laughs> like there wasn't a lot of. Nobody had any, like, strong, strong suggestions. How about, like, the Just As Powerful Five? Yeah, that's really good. Wow. Thanks. It already was a group of four and Power Six, Rob. Yeah, okay. I I, I don't mind mid-majors. I like it, but you're right. It does make me think of college basketball. Um, Speaking of basketball, there's a quarterback that we're going to talk today who probably has the athleticism to be a starting point guard. At various mid-major schools. <laughs> yeah. Good take, bad take. Yeah, Steph Curry. Chris Reynolds, Charlotte. He could be playing point guard. <laughs> okay, um, let's let's we'll start we'll start with the quarterbacks. Like last week, I think there's one clear cut dude at the top. Yeah. And one other guy kind of uh maybe down the road where we're we're gonna be talking about more. Um obviously today it's Malik Willis. Last week it was Carson Strong. Liberty's Malik Willis, the Auburn transfer. He's been getting hyped up all offseason. Bruce Feldman wrote a big piece on him. He's been talking about him. Um, we saw his first year in that Hugh Freeze offense at Liberty. He he t- took down two Power 5 schools uh, and almost took down NC State as well. Um, he is uh, – physically, I think he's got the best arm in the class. Um to go with the best running ability. He is the biggest threat as a runner. He looks like a running back. Uh, Feldman was at the elite 11 and Willis was there as a, as a, um, as a, uh, uh, a counselor and said he looked about six two two thirty five. 
Like, he's built like a linebacker. He's explosive as hell. Um, I think right now, to me, if we're talking Spencer Rattler's the clear-cut top quarterback in this class, though Dame Brugler would disagree, um, I think Malik Willis is the second at this point in, in time because I'm betting on those physical tools. Uh, I think that – do you have a first-round grade on him right now? No, I don't, I don't have any first-round grades on any quarterback. Just so so jaded. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I still have him behind Carson Strong, but not by much. So uh, very closely graded out for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I think he's got the best arm. Uh, like you mentioned, the lower body, you – you see it physically. You see you see how well built he is, lower body, um, and you see the explosiveness um, as a runner. He, he really like eats up ground very quickly. It's like one one step and he goes. Um, and he's it's also Big contact balance. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a really good runner, and like it's not just the explosiveness. He's also like a gliding runner. Like when he gets out to the edge, he get first of all he gets the edge so easily, and he just picks up yards at will. Like. It, you really just see the powerful lower body, and then yeah, the the, the arm strength is clear. Um, the velocity is high end. Um, you know, he, he he blends the two together. He's really accurate rolling out. Um, he he rips a lot of those tight window throws. You see the ridiculous plays. They, uh, it was Vatek, I think, where he spun out of a sack and somehow yeah. absolutely placed it perfectly forty yards downfield uh, on the sideline, <laughs> just straight in the breadbasket. That was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and he, look, he's not he's not a perfect passer at all, like you, you already alluded to. Uh, mechanically, you can break down uh, fairly often. Yep. Like, you just get really sloppy, and you'll see the ball come out big stinkers. <laughs> I always call them the stinkers. Um, and, you know, like, the touch isn't there yet because he's, he's throwing 99 miles per hour. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like just like Carson Strong, um, like, I, I, think, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. Um, I think probably the thing people, especially on draft Twitter right now are picking at the most with him is, um, kind of reads because the system doesn't lend to him needing to go through reads ever. Yeah. That Hugh freeze offense. It, it, it's pretty, um, first read friendly. And although when the play does break down, he's making stuff out of structure, like you said, with that Botek uh, spin out of the sack and the deep ball placement. Like, you see everything is there. Yeah, it just comes down to mechanics. And it, it's hard to knock a guy for not going, like, quite, I don't know. It's hard to question a guy for ability to read, uh, get through his reads when the offense doesn't ask him to. But obviously, it, it is a concern at this point. Um, I think... Right now, my top three quarterbacks are, are Rattler, him, and Carson Strong. Now, we, we haven't gotten to the, the Power 5 school, so that could change pretty quickly as mm-hmm. we get more in-depth with this quarterback class. But uh, I, I'm with you in that um, like Willis and Strong have everything there to both be first-round picks come April. And I think for different reasons, too. Carson Strong's more of that kind of quick game poised touch passer uh clean feet maneuvers the pocket well where willis is just this freak of nature athlete huge arm and the deep ball placement i think is the most exciting thing about malik willis like i i I don't really the the anytime his balls are off target it tends to be a more of a mechanical thing like i think he is like he doesn't lack natural accuracy or anything 
Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I'm all in on Malik Willis. I know a lot of draft Twitter is going to hate him, but right now I'm all in on him. No, I agree with that last point you made because if he was like naturally inaccurate, um, he wouldn't be making all these tight window uh, red zone throws on the move. You know what I mean? It's it's more so when he's just mm-hmm. set in the pocket and he just doesn't get properly set, and uh, then the ball comes out will come out ugly, and that, that will happen. But um, no, yeah, he's. He's really talented. And going back to the read thing, at, at this point in the process, I feel like, like, yeah, you can point out what he needs to improve on, but like to really ding a guy on it, like you said, it's hard to knock a guy for the offense that he's in. Um, and adding to that, you know, his first year in the offense, his first year as a starting yeah. quarterback in college football, like he, he's still a young player. And um, again, like come come March and we're saying this stuff, that's that's fine. But right now, it's a little it's a little little much for me. Okay, I I think this group of quarterbacks as a whole, there was a little, there was more of them than last week. Um, Agreed. But kind of same deal where it wasn't, there wasn't a ton of standout after Malik Willis. Though I do like last week with Caleb Ellaby, I do have a clear number two guy. Do you? Uh, I got number two guy. I don't. I don't have another draftable grade though. Me neither. But I have a clear number two guy. Uh, Grayson McCall is your number two. Yeah, I think Grayson McCall by far is the most exciting of the the remaining group of quarterbacks we went through. Um, obviously, first year starter at Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. led them to one of the most magnificent seasons, the best in school uh, history. Um, and you saw a lot out of him. I mean, he won Sun Belt Player of the Year in his first year as a starter. Uh, tall, lean guy. Yeah, you want to see him add more weight for sure. Doesn't have the the biggest arm, but I thought he was shockingly clean mechanically mm-hmm. and a really good decision maker. Uh, considering he came from an offense that was um, more of an option attack in high school, and they obviously run the spread option at Coastal Carolina, uh, I came away thinking he was uh, like a lot less raw than I was expecting. I, I you know what you could feel it. I, I know we both watched some of the early Coastal Carolina games, and before like you know the hype really built and. Uh, throwing those games on, it was remarkable watching how well he ran that offense for a redshirt freshman, uh, you know, in a, in a COVID season right away. Like, he just runs the offense so well. And he he's like, I think, he like, you know, good accuracy. Like you said, the arm, pretty meh. But but everything else, yeah. uh, it's it really impressive, impressive for a freshman. Like, with him, like, uh, and, and the play is never dead. He just, if, if it's, you know, if it's. Like, he, he plays in the structure so well, too. But just outside of the structure, he keeps the plays alive so well. Like, he's, he's mobile enough. He creates with his legs. Um, and, like, the accuracy is always good. A lot, of, a lot of nice touch throws. And just really good timing throws. And, and it's to me, it's similar to what we were saying about Caleb Ellaby last week, where you see uh, kind of the path for him to elevate in the in over – Maybe it's not this year, but down the road, yeah. because both of them are such young passers still. And like, Technically, Grayson McCall's got four more years, given that the COVID year, he's still technically a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Um, so I, I could definitely see a path where Grayson McCall continues to grow um, and, and becomes a, a very much a draftable quarterback. I, I think there's some exciting stuff with him. No, I, I agree about – like, I think – Right now, if I had to say, when it's all said and done, I think he ends up getting drafted, and I think he's uh, like a backup quarterback in the NFL. I, I know that's a long ways away, but I think the the tools are there for that. Um, but mm-hmm. his physical tool is probably not enough to get him 
anything more yeah, than a no. day three pick. But no, I, I like like it's just it's just so impressive how well he operates that offense. Uh, for such that a offense player. is so fun to watch. It is. It is. Yeah. Like when it's humming, it's so, it's like it's freaking art. Like to me, that's football art. Running that spread option the way they do. I know. Yeah, it's a ton well, of fun. Ton, well, I mean, especially you know uh, throwing the other players they have too. More there yeah. later. Do you like any of these other quarterbacks much? Honestly, like for college football quarterbacks, I enjoy like they're like, fun. But all of them, yeah. Yes, uh, I, I do want to add Bailey Zapp jumping from uh, Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky. It was fun watching that Houston Baptist tape, like the way they run that that very air raid offense. He, um, and obviously, yeah. their their offensive coordinator is now Western Kentucky's, and he took Zapp with him, and he took their top two of their top receivers with him, <laughs> twin brothers. And I'm pretty excited to just watch Western Kentucky. Um, Zap, like, not not a draftable quarterback by any means, but super fun. Yeah, I, like, I, I have him third, actually. But, no, I don't have a draftable on him. Um, but, yeah, it was really, really fun. And he's he, he himself is fun, too. Like, he's got a quick release. And, like, like he, he changes his shoulder angle so much to kind of just, like. You, that? He, I thought my, my main takeaway was he plays quarterback like a shortstop the way he, he he kind of makes these arm angle throws. Yeah, and like like the arm strength is you know mad too, but like yeah, you know there, there's some nice d- deeper placement throws, but no, really, just like how frequently and how well he can change his arm angles uh, to get the ball there. It really really impressed me because it's not just like like I've seen some make throws like where he's like you know changing his angle to not just get past a defensive lineman, but like to get past a guy in coverage. Where if he didn't, you know, drop his arm, it was like hitting the guy in the back or whatever, or throwing a pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just come come across like he runs that air raid so well. So I think I think Western Kentucky's gonna have success this year. And, and you know, like throwing the tape from last year, Baptists were playing. You know, like I watched a North Texas game, and he was playing yeah. very well against North Texas. So like he's gonna have the same level of competition as pretty much last year. So I think he's gonna have a really good year. Um, I I also enjoyed watching Chris Reynolds, the Charlotte quarterback, who. Um, he also he even more so plays quarterback like a shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's just constantly making off platform throws and, and plays out of structure. And he's really fun. Like he's not an NFL quarterback, but I think he's a position change candidate. <laughs> I I still love. He caught a touchdown. I watched him against North Texas. He caught a touchdown. So I watched I watched a lot of North Texas games this week. Um, uh, I still love Levi Lewis. I love Levi Lewis as a college football quarterback. He's a CFLer. Yeah, I think he could be a good CFLer. Um. Oh, before we jump to a new position, um, thoughts on Chase Bryce's third school? He's at App State. He's pretty much, I think he's he hasn't officially been named the starter, but the, it's implied. Uh, do you think it happens there? Okay, so I, I went back and watched some of the Duke. I remember, remember the show last year when we were talking, or the ACC show, whatever show it was when we were talking about Chase Bryce. Yeah, the ACC show. And... Um, like we were like because oh, the hype was here at this point last year and we're like well maybe and then he goes out and like the notre dame game wasn't that bad but then he was horrible he started okay and then just got horrible yeah yeah so i'm back and watched the notre dame game and the tools are still there and i i, th- I think he can be solid at app state especially given the the way they run that offense yeah. it's, it's so run heavy like he's he's Speaking more of, gifted than Zach Thomas, no offense. Yeah, as a passer for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and speaking speaking of run heavy, let's jump to running backs. Uh, App State's got got a an interesting one. 
Who's your top running back? I didn't think anyone like blew me away, but um, I thought there was a couple interesting guys. I really like Cameron Peoples, the aforementioned App State running back. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm a big fan. He's 6'2", 210. Speaking of Yeah, go ahead, sorry. Listed at 220 now, too. Oh, oof, even more so. And, like, you know, he runs upright, kind of like a throwback. But, man. Yeah, he's a one-cut-upright guy. He's such a horse. <laughs> he's, like, just mm-hmm. gliding speed to the edge. He kills angles. Um, you got the home run speed there. He's got the long speed, too. Um, he's got the shift to make you miss in the hole. Uh, you see the contact balance. And, like like I was about to say, speaking of North Texas, um, <laughs> in the bowl game, honestly, that felt to me like like you're watching a five-stars high school game and like he's just bigger and faster than everyone. I really like Cameron Peebles. I, I think he's got a good chance to be like a mid-round back. I, I think there's a lot of talent there. I think both him and Sincere McCormick from UTSA are going to be um, running backs we talk about throughout the process. They're the clear top two, um, two guys. It's, it's not close. Yeah. yeah. Pe- Peebles is um, maybe you get a little more excited about the upside because he's so big. Mm-hmm. And because, like, yeah, he does. He is a horse. The upright styles, I enjoy the upright style. The one cut upright, just like the contact balance of the burst. Yeah. Um, and, and then with McCormick, you get a little more of a short, not even stocky, just like a short, quick, mm-hmm. explosive runner. Like, he's more of a, like, people's hits home runs, and McCormick's just chunk run after chunk run, and yeah. also hits home run. Like, they're both pretty big home run hitters with big, big burst. Um, and, yeah, I think they're the clear top two here. I have draftable grades on both of them. Uh, like, okay, me too. Like like early, mid, day three grades on both of them. Um, yeah, I like um, – yeah, McCormick, he's just like – you know, he, he changes direction so quickly. Um, he's got nice bursts. Like, he's got good contact balance. He's also got something like – I don't know how to phrase it. It's like contact burst where – I guess it's just more burst, but like where he'll he'll basically – like start stop ability. He'll, he'll get – hit yeah, bounce he's off really quick and he's back up to top speed immediately um yeah he, he's really good i think like clearly very the top two guys and i think they're both uh gonna get drafted my third guy who i'm excited about is uh johnny ford who transferred from south florida fau there's already been some talk um that he he's kind of taking the reins as the fau's go-to playmaker short very five five one seventy two but really natural pass catcher, really twitchy athlete. Yeah. I'm excited for him as a satellite back type. I don't have a draftable on him or anything, but and at that size, it's going to be tough for him. But I, I like that skill set a lot. I actually kind of like all the uh, other backs we did. Um, no, no yeah, draftable. Yeah, like JD King too. Yeah, JD King is my third. Uh, you know, just a, I liked him when he was at Oklahoma State. Just a bigger dude, five eleven, two twenty. Just runs hard, breaks tackles. He's tough to bring down. Uh, Georgia mm-hmm. Southern has just been such a great home for him. Uh, God, yeah. Chris Smith has a chance to really elevate himself yeah. now that uh, he's kind of the dude, and he's a really good kick returner. Uh, uh, this Chris Smith at Louisiana, um, I think he's lightning quick, mm-hmm. and he's he's got some pass catching ability too. And now, yeah, he gets to be the dude. And Oscar Attaway at North Texas is kind of just a mean physical dude with some good contact balance. Yeah. I, I, I like them all as well. I like both. Yeah, sorry, just quickly on Smith. Yeah, he's got legit speed. The home run speed is there. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> I think he's a pretty good blocker. Pass pro in there, asking him in, in run blocking a bit too. I thought that was fun. And Attaway, I kind of found really interesting. He was only a redshirt freshman last year uh, at six foot two fifteen. He's, he's compact, like thick and strong build. And, and he watched the, the Houston Baptist game. I think he had like – 
118 yards and on five carries. And it just looked like it was a group of kids like trying to stop like a runaway shopping cart filled with sandbags. Just like <laughs> he was just so much fun. Like he got in the open field and was just like bump, bumping off guys. Yeah, I kind of I enjoyed watching uh, all these backs, but um, and like Adaway's still a younger player too, but yeah, I think McCormick and, and Peoples uh the cream of the crop there. I think the best group we looked at uh, this week, um, in uh, as a total would be the wide receivers. What do you think? I I was slightly disappointed by the wide receivers. Oh really? I I uh, I gave out three draftables and two almost draftables. I gave up two draft. Like I okay, I like who's your top guy, Jalen Tolbert. No, he's four. Oh, uh, J- Javon Hyle at Coastal Carolina. Okay, I let, can we start with Tolbert? I want to know why you didn't like him. Um, like I don't dislike him. Um, I think he, he, to me, my main takeaway was he, he's kind of a one trick pony. It's a lot like he has like big play ability, downfield, big play ability, mm-hmm. but you don't really see him run that many routes. Um, doesn't do it. I didn't see him do a ton after the catch. He, he did show some good ball tracking skills. Um, I saw a drop, um, struggle through contact at times i don't know like i think everything is there i just i don't know i fa- i fall more for route runners than just the kind of he's running by like the horrible arkansas state defense <laughs> uh, but like i i do think he's gonna be drafted i just i don't know i i didn't like him as much as some of these other guys who kind of i i don't know if part of the problem is i went in like knowing tolbert yeah. to, uh, one of the guys getting talked about and maybe my expectations were too high where a couple of these other guys, I went in not really knowing, and came away being like pleasantly surprised. No, oh, okay, that that's that's fair. Oh yeah, it's quick, Lynn Tolbert. I, I think he's he's my top guy. I think he's like a mid day three guy. I, I I fell for the the length and the speed, and I think he's, I think with the speed, he's pretty dangerous after the catch. Um, you, you see him on occasion how's it from from good distance. I, I get it though. Not a lot of routes. Um, short contact. Yeah, I can see him struggle a bit, but I I think like. I think the tools are there. Like I think he's pretty quick and smooth out of his breaks for a guy that's six three. I think he can go up and get the ball. Uh, like you said, he's a good ball tracker. I think he's a legit deep threat. Um, so I, I think all the pieces are there for him to uh, to be the top guy in this group. Mid midday three. Uh, that sounds about right at this point to me too. Um, yeah, I but yeah. I just I guess I wanted to see see him do more than it. Just felt like he was just running by bad defenses a lot of the time. It's fair. Um, uh, I uh, who's your number two guy? Pinkney. Okay, he's my three. Georgia State Sam Pinkney, and he plays. He plays like a basketball player. He's just above the rim all day. I think he's the best hands probably, um, uh, of the group. Him, him, and Javon Hile, I think had the best hands. Um, Pinkney's the best contested catch guy, combat yeah. catch guy. Uh, a lot of what his his concentration too multiple plays where like a ball is tipped and yeah. he'll go get it anyway um routes another concern and overall athleticism like speed separation a concern but yeah. like a power forward uh, at x yeah and he's got the size for it that's six four two ten and like you said uh yeah, ju- jump balls stud like the hand-eye coordination is just is really great like you said ball tracking really good um pretty much like every time the ball's in the area it's his like he's going over guys he's going through guys the contact caches are there uh, yeah, so you're getting him. I got like a, a later day three grade on him. Um, who's your three? Uh, Zakari Franklin. He's my two. I thought he was really – my favorite thing about Zakari Franklin, I thought he was really sudden. Mm-hmm. 
and I thought he he um his catch radius like he's not super like he's six one one eighty five not, not massive good decent size but I thought his catch no. radius and body control ball skills uh, were really nice um he feels like yeah, a long six one I, I, I agree with you yeah he does he does and I, I thought he his uh he had probably the best release of kind of this this foursome we're talking about here. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. I don't have a draftable on him, but he was only a sophomore last year, if I remember correctly, too. So, um, I, yeah. I like I like him too. I, him and McCormick, um, that's a that's a really uh, good duo for that the UTSA offense. UTSA done a weird good job of finding dudes. They're they're fun. I mean, I remember we threw on a couple games last year, and they're they're fun to watch. Yes. Um. So you don't like Javon Hile. He's okay. I like. I got. He's my fourth guy after uh, after Franklin. So he's he's my one. He plays all over XZ slot. I thought he had the best overall ball skills. Not a great great athlete. I thought what he did really well was find holes in coverage. And when a play breaks down, when Grayson McCall's out of structure, he does such a good job working himself open and being his quarterback's best friend. That was something. I thought was awesome that mm-hmm. he did. Now, I think he is the lowest ceiling of the, these four we're talking about here. Yeah, I think the floor is the highest right now. Um, I think he's the most pro-ready in terms of being like a late day three type of guy. Uh, I think he's like a Rashad Higgins type dude. Yeah, f- fair enough. I, I don't disagree. Like, that's kind of like, <clears throat> like, I don't know. when At this point, I kind of look for, like, I'm, I'm betting on, Upside more. Upside. He's he's a good football player though. No, I agree with you. But you do have to put your Coastal Carolina ba- uh, bias aside sometimes, Rob. Uh, I never. All my <laughs> top uh, Sunbelt guys are Coastals. <laughs> hey, next position too. So for me too. So that's okay. Um, Marcel Barbie at Texas State. I also think is kind of interesting guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I think like just usually I feel like I come away with like like last year. We do the the G five South, and I come up with so many guys I really fall in love with, and it's like, like Tolbert, like I you knew he's supposed to be good, so like I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. Where like, he's a I don't want to say he's a little he's a little disappointing. He's a little disappointing. Like Pinkney, I like I don't know, just not not. I, I usually want to be impressed by this group, and it was like it was just it was just solid, you know. Um. Yeah. I I, don't, I, I think uh, just going back to Barbie is. Something I really liked about him was his ability to make circus catches. I thought he made like some of the most wows mm-hmm. of catches of the group. Um, I don't know. I think all five of these guys ha- have a chance to be drafted at, at some point in the next two years. Um, I do think Tolbert has the highest ceiling because yeah. of that athleticism. Yeah. Um, but Heil, I, I thought, was the, the most pro-ready. Um, speaking of Coastal Carolina, uh, tight ends. Yeah, uh, I really, really like Isaiah Likely. Um, he is fun. He he. It's a combination of he's good, but they also just do such a good job using him. Yeah, and so that, like when you're talking about earlier, how much fun this offense is to watch. It's like it, I love how good of a job they do, like just throwing some flashy play action in there, and like you know just drawing the safety's eyes down, and and all the while Likely just running a fucking vert, and by the time they notice, he's too fast for them to catch up to, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, like he's he's built like uh, an H back, and they use him there. But they use him as slot. They use him outside at receiver. One of I think the most shocking things to me was how um, how clean his routes were. 
mm-hmm. for a 240-pound tight end. Like, I, I generally, the, the tight ends aren't great route runners um, unless they're, like, Kyle Pitts, unless they're, like, top-tier tight end prospects. I think he's got a chance to be one of the best tight ends in this class, um, especially... Like, as a move tight end, yeah. a Johnu Smith-type tight end. Like, if you could pair him with a more of that classic inline guy, like, I think he's really exciting with that athleticism and um, in, in the the kind of, I guess, the suddenness and the change of direction as a route runner for a tight end. Yeah, he, he's really like a wide receiver playing tight end. And, like, he's 6'4", 245, so he's a big wide receiver with, like, that extra sand in his pants. And, and like you said, uh, he's fast, man. Like, I don't know if there's many tight ends in the country faster than he is. Uh, and he's got the wide receiver hands. He's got the wide receiver body control. Uh, he's got the routes. He gets off the line of scrimmage fast as hell. Sometimes you see a lot of these, like even the even the solid move tight ends, they're kind of sluggish off the line at times. Uh, I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, he's winning deep consistently. And, yeah, they just do a great job of using him and just disguising things to, to let him go deep, even though he's just – the ball's always going to him. Um, yeah, I, I, I got, like, a early day three grade – early mid-day three grade on him right now. Um, I think he's very much in this conversation for the for the tight end group here. Um, also, a tight end who I was going to talk about two weeks ago <laughs> yeah. has now transferred to FAU from uh, Notre Dame College, and that's Sayer Mitchell who is 6'5", 250, was the best player on the field at Notre Dame College, um, was just bullying guys with his size, lined up in line, slot, X, and was blocking punts all the time. I'm really excited to see what happens with him at FAU. Yeah. Um, something I, I want to mention about him is he wasn't just like out-athleting guys. Like he, was the, he was a phenomenal blocker at that level too. Um, I watched a handful of games, and he was just, it was so clear he was too good to be playing at that level. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what happens with him at FAU. Yeah, he's a, he's another guy who, speaking of looking like high school tape, he's he's the biggest guy on the field most of the time. He's just, you know, he's taking short passes and outrunning everyone at that six five two fifty. Um, and, you know, there, there's some good quickness there in in him. There's some shift in his routes. Hands look natural. And like you said, he, he's blowing guys up as a as a blocker. He's physical and willing, and he's good at it. Um, see, so yeah, I, I think there's, I, it's hard to put a draftable grade on on a Notre Dame college tape right now. But I think the move to to yeah. Florida to FAU is is really really great for him. And just one one note on Xavier Gaines, I love how Marshall just lets him play wildcat quarterback a lot. Yeah, he, he went there as a quarterback, if I remember correctly, and yeah, still yeah. plays wildcat. He, he's you know he's six three two twenty. He's really just a big wide receiver that plays everywhere. I, I, Xavier Gaines is great. He's he's definitely one of the most fun uh, tight ends in the country. Yes. Okay. Let's shift the offensive line. Uh, let's just do it as a whole. Um, <laughs> oh no! Who's your number one off? Who's your number one offensive lineman? Yeah, I, I I didn't really come away impressed with any of these guys. Um, oh, okay, I've got a big grade. Really? On who? Spencer Buford. Okay, at UTSA. He's my number two the guy. First four star recruit in school history. He's good. He's my number one player in the conference USA. How big of a grade? I liked him. I, I okay. Go ahead. H- hit me with it. Midday three, um, super raw in pass protection. Yeah, feet feet are a big big concern. Also plays a little high. Good things though, he is. It, it's you can tell he was a four star playing at, at at that level because he's just such a good athlete at that size. Mm-hmm. He's wonderful getting into the second level. He's a big reason sincere McCormick's ripping off these huge runs. He's all over smothering linebackers, knocking out guys who aren't 
don't have their head on a swivel, plays angry, plays fast. I like all the physical tools there. Um, I, I think he's got potential, a ton of potential. Um, I, I think he'd be really good in the zone scheme. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Like, I didn't give him a draftable, but I thought he was kind of like the most – Honestly, I get I I gave Dobson the top spot just for the Canadian bump, and I'll get there in a second. But um, he's my number two. Yeah, I think they're clearly the top two guys, and the only ones really worth talking about. Um, but yeah, no, the, the quickness is is evident. Um, lots of pop in his hands. I think it's just like it's kind of like you said, the, the pass protection needs a, a lot of work, and he's still kind of like a bit all over the place, kind of just like coming into his own and just knowing what to do on every rep. He's a little inconsistent. Uh, the talent is there, though. I, I agree with you. I didn't even know he's a four-star. Um, jumping to Dobson, though. Third overall pick in the CFL draft uh, last month. Went to Texas State from Maine. Um, he's 6'3", 340. And, like, watching that Maine tape is so I, – I found it really fun because he's got a really powerful punch. He's putting guys in the dirt. Um, play guard and tackle. Like, for 340, he moves pretty well. I saw one block where, like, he was engaged with a guy like out in space and he was handling him no problem and then he just takes one of his hands off and punches the linebacker and puts him on the on the on his ass i thought that was so much fun and i gave him the he, canadian he, yeah he's um you you could tell like similar to what i was saying about zaire mitchell with dobson at that level like you could tell he was fit to be playing in the yeah. fbs like pretty immediately on that tape uh just killing dudes lots of i i think he's um of the Guys, we've done thus far. He is the king of throwing guys out of the club. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also love his power belly, six three three forty, like you mentioned. He's got a huge power belly. Um, I, I think he's gonna be playing right tackle at Texas State, but like we're thinking guard in the NFL, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm really excited because that Texas State offensive line was a big issue. Texas State's a fun bad team. Um, getting a guy like him is gonna be huge for them, and. Obviously, that's that that's an offense that's tons of air raid within it, and what I want to see him do better is is pass protection. So we're gonna see a lot of chances for him to do that at Texas State. That's that's like an all time strange transfer, right? Like Maine to Texas State after being drafted third overall in the CFL. Like like, like Dobson. His whole story is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's great. I, I love him. He's fun. I think those are definitely the the, the best two guys. Odds Dobson's the the guy everyone's talking about at the Senior Bowl next year is the darling of the media. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I think that'd be great. I mean, like, worst comes to worst, I think he's got a 15-year CFL career in him or 10 years, whatever. How, yeah, but how many Grey Cups is going to win? Uh, BC, zero. Damn. Um, <laughs> my third offensive lineman is a guy who I don't, think it's like I'm, I'm more projecting for maybe a year or two from now osiris torrance uh at louisiana plays both guard spots six five three thirty two and like kevin dotson and robert hunt before him just moves people and uses his size really well super raw yes in pass protection really needs to do better at, with his hand placement but that's just i think that's a guy to watch at, uh for down the road yeah he's not very good right now but He's big and he's still young and when he's on, he's on though. Like mauls dudes when he's in position too. Like I thought he looked really good against Georgia Southern at times. Uh Coastal Carolina kinda ate him though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um oh uh, also Max Mitchell, Louisiana's right tackle, that's another name I think to keep an eye on. Just moves well. Oh yeah. Good he size do- moves quite well. He does pretty like I can 
I can see Mitchell like down the road being a conversation for like a you know like we're talking about him and in March is a small yeah. school guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of sucks that Kane Madden transferred from Marshall to Notre Dame. I Otherwise, know. we could be talking about. Yeah, him. Mitchell. Mitchell is like my clear third guy too. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, you know who else is your third guy? No. The Islanders, because they came third in, in in the NHL, and you were you were mad, weren't you? Because you said what what was your words? Wait, the island deserves better. Wait, wait, the Islanders came third. What happened to the Knights? <laughs> did they play each other? Oh, did you? It, it wasn't on TV, but you didn't. Oh, you didn't see that? Fans only access. I, third I was place. live on Spotify Green Room talking about it <laughs> while it was happening. I commented it on my live audio only sports talk platform, Spotify Green Room. That's free to download and to use. So all kinds of people who had signed up and created a profile linking their Twitter got the notification when I went live on Spotify Green Room talking Islanders Knights, <laughs> the third place bronze medal NHL game that was secretly played at Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, and I talked to other fans athletes and insiders in real time it was the perfect watch party and i did a post-game breakdown after two and reacted to some breaking news um that happened as well uh i was sharing my own experiences on the app during this third place game where the islanders won 12 nothing it's crazy wow. can't believe they gave the vesna to that that flurry guy kucherov was right that's just a uh, career trophy so go to so Go to the uh, iOS or Android App Store and download Spotify Green Room for free so you don't miss the bronze medal game next time, AJ. They should do a bronze medal series in the NBA or something. Like like on the off nights of the finals, give us uh, give us the runners-up playing each other. Yeah, I'm sure those guys would love to be playing that game. It's basketball. Their, their, their summer league starts in like two weeks. They, they play all year round. I was going to say hockey, but I'm sure they wouldn't want to go play. Um, okay, let's jump to the interior defensive line now. Do you, anyone get you get you thinking? I have one. I have no draftables. I have one guy that has me thinking some things. I have no draftables. I, I like both of the Coastal Carolina guys. I, Those are my top two guys, and I think Gerard Clark's the one to get more excited about because 6'4", 345-pound yeah. nose tackle who flashes some shocking movement skills at that side yeah no for sure and uh i mean i like both i thought both clark and brewer were popping watching coastal carolina games last year live um but at that size and he was only a richard uh sophomore last year if i remember correctly um yeah yeah no i, I definitely agree like he's former still, tight end too yeah he's a, he's a fun he's my top guy like i said not draftable um but no i think the road's there brewer like i i mean i like cj brewer too i think they're both good football players but yeah at that at that size with uh he can move pretty well like he still needs to like he's still inconsistent a bit like sometimes he really anchors down and he just eats up but sometimes you'll move you'll see him get moved a little too easy i thought yeah um, and he's not adding anything on pass rush really no no but uh no definitely definitely one to keep an eye on and, and brewer you get some first like he'll play three tech yeah. he'll play five tech um some quickness to him too neither of them really i thought i'd yeah, it didn't really add anything as pass rushers, though, which was my main concern. No, pretty much. But, I mean, it, uh, good football players. Uh, I don't know about NFL futures, though. Yeah. Uh, interior defensive line, not that great. I found two edges I really liked. I know who really impressed and, you. 
and he impressed me too. And, and sorry, and, and one who's super disappointing, but people are going to talk about. I already know who that is. Anyways, uh, who's your top guy? <laughs> Jeffrey Gunner is my top guy. Oh, okay. I I didn't have a draftable, but I I liked him. I he he surprised me. I didn't think he was that good, but he is good. And he's strange because he was a two, I think a two year starter at Coastal, transferred to NC State, didn't play at all, transferred back to Coastal, and was really good last year. Mm-hmm. Which is just so strange. Very weird. Yeah. Um, six four two sixty, like NFL body, like pretty clearly. Uh, I think a very good power rusher wins a lot with speed to power. Um, want to see him use his hands better. Pretty good get off. Um, a little stiff. Plays really hard though. Yeah. Sets the edge pretty well. I, I like him a lot. I have a I have a draftable on him. I like him a lot. Um, I also I had a borderline draftable on him. Good run defender too. I, again, I I liked yeah. I liked all three of the, I, the, the 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 front guys for the for the the I think, Coast Carolina. Yeah, I think Gunter's got more upside than Teron Jackson had. Uh, yeah, no, me too. I agreed with you. Um, and then praise. I I'm not even gonna try and say his last name because there's no way I'll, I'll do it right. Praise <laughs> at UTEP, I think was my favorite. I had no idea anything about him. Came away, love him. Me too. 6'3", 245-pound pass rusher. Um, like I said, at UTEP, only a redshirt sophomore. This guy bats more balls than I've ever seen. From, like, like it's so crazy. Like, he broke up against Louisiana Tech. He broke up four passes as a pass rusher. Uh, he is twitched up. His, he's 6'3", but his arms seem so long. Yeah. And he just he wins a ton as a speed rusher. Like, he's very raw. Um, but has been... Plays his ass off. I like. I didn't know much or anything about him, and I came away like I have a draftable grade on him. He's my he's my top edge in this group. I like. I I got like a mid day three grade on him. I was really impressed by like, him. Just he good. He might end up being like the most pleasant. Who the f is this guy? He's really good at football. Take like take away from this whole like summer scouting series he's he yeah no him and him and holly are are, i think the candidates right now yeah oh yeah ralph Ralph holly too yeah good call um yeah he's like he's lean he's springy he's quick he's twitchy like i said the arms are super long he he kind of reminds me of like a of like a discount aziz ojalari but he's maybe a little more like sand in his pants and a little less twitchy but I think like he's, he's I see that. he felt like that kind of like just player like similar similar so, style, yeah. Like we're especially because not the biggest dudes, but really long arms. That's where it really came from. It's just, yeah. Um, I I really liked him. I really liked him. I think he's he's the cream of the the group here. I I don't know. I, I don't know how he ended up at Utah. Seven sacks last year too. So he, he's he's pretty, but he didn't he have like three and a half in that Louisiana sack game or something. So. Yeah, he mocked him. Seven sacks, I think. Eight pass breakups, four pass breakups came in three and a half sacks came against Louisiana Tech. That's wild. That's uh, like, but still, yeah. you you see it. And he, he just again, just a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, no, there's something there. So, okay, so D'Angelo Malone at Western Kentucky is a guy who's been ultra productive for like three or four years now, and he's going to be a name that comes up. I just don't see it at all. Didn't see it last year. I know Dame Brugler had him as maybe even a top fifty player at one point. I just I don't see it at all. I, like six four two thirty, athletic, plays a little all over. Like th- like, predominantly as a as a three four edge, 
but like he'll play off ball sometimes and some overhang even. Um, but I just don't think there's any pass rush plan there, and there's not enough athletic traits or especially without size to get super excited. Like I think he projects to being a Sam linebacker in the NFL. I 100 um, agree. With you. I, yeah, I just don't see it. I think he's a Sam. I got like a seventh on him. Um, he's high cut. He's lean. He plays kind of high. Uh, like yeah. I think he's quick. I think you see the bend sometimes. But I think I think you're standing him up full time in the NFL. I think he's a Sam because um, in the run, I think you, you see a good motor, and I think he's a good tackler. He's making a lot of plays, just um, coming from the backside and cleaning stuff up. So like I think uh, I forgot I forgot people were that high on him. I, I don't I don't yeah, I frankly so think my, that's insane. My, my, but yeah, <laughs> my question to you is is my problem like I would have thought he was a fun guy if no one was hyping him. He's not even that like and now like. But he isn't that fun. Like, he is, he's whatever. But, like, I feel like that's almost blinding me a bit where I'm hearing, like, I sort of got Dan Brugler at him as a top 50 player at one point last year. And I just, like, I don't understand. Am I, do I not know how to watch football? I don't understand how we get there when you throw on the tape. And, and I'm not seeing it at all. And I've watched a couple of games. I just don't see anything more than, yeah, like a late day three guy at best. Yeah. No, I, th- I, think, I think that's fair. And, yeah, I don't. I don't see him as an every down edge in the NFL. I think I think he's a Sam. No. I think you're setting him up because so I think I think the tr- I know he's had sack production, but um, I, I think his traits are kind of just better as a as a guy that's you know <clears throat> maybe you'll you'll blitz him, um, but most of the time he's just kind of playing the run. Okay, let's jump to linebackers. Who's your number one? I don't have any draftables, but I, I gave Teddy Gallagher the nod to be my top guy. He's, Same. He's fun, man. I like Teddy Gallagher. Yeah, he's he's six he plays one, hard. Two, yeah, he plays always attacking yeah. downhill, man. Like he's just yeah, gets downhill in a hurry. Really consistent tackler, physical um, dude. Yeah. Le- yeah, really physical. Uh, stacked and sheds the question. Doesn't have a ton of length. More of an old school Mike. Um, coverage is a question as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, but good. Like you can see him carving out in an NFL career as a as a depth guy who. Who adds a ton on special teams? I think. Yeah, like I, that, I think that's fair. Just he's, he plays his ass off. Um, I don't know how big he actually is. I don't think he's two thirty. I don't know if he's six one. Like, I, so, so that's a question there too. Um, not a draft. But he has a mullet. He does have a mullet. That that you can bump him an inch for that. Um, so, no. so part of, part of my problem with doing doing this show is I'm definitely blinded by how much I love Coastal Carolina at times. I know. Like hand up, I'm a Buckeyes fan who doesn't get blinded by being a Buckeyes fan, but Coastal Carolina <laughs> might blind me. Half my top-rated guys at positions are Coastal Carolina players, and obviously they're, they're, they were the best team in the Sun Belt last year, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, I like Teddy Gallagher a lot. I, I think he's very interesting. And, uh, uh, do you want to be mean to Silas Kelly, or do you like him too? He looks cool. He does look cool. He's not very good, though. Um, he's tall as hell. What do you mean? What t- else is there to say? He's tall as hell he's and tall. he looks cool. He's tall and he looks cool. Uh, I No draftables. I thought Trey Cobb at App State was pretty interesting, but he's also super small. He's 6'2", 215, uh, but he's good. He's, he's always tacking downhill, too. He's You, you see the moments where he, he can, you know, he's 215, so I'm going to credit him for saying he's strong enough to hold against offensive line sometimes and shed for a tackle. Um, he kind of plays like like ADG did. He's just kind of knifing, uh, good quickness, always around the football, read and reacts. Um, in, the, in the past, uh, didn't see too much like just man, but like can clog the passing lanes. I, he's 6'2", 215. Um, there's no, I don't think he's ever going to get drafted, but he's a good football player, so I just want to give him some, some love. Fair. 
Um, speaking of football players, cornerbacks, my number one's brother is in the NFL. What? Um, yeah, Stephen Gilmore, Marshall, Stefan's little brother, is my number one corner in this group. I didn't like him that much. I, I think all... F- um, well, he he's very grabby. Yes, I, I, and he can't find prone the to pass interference. I was gonna say ball skills, that, big concern that just killed but me. Yeah. I liked him. All. Like I thought he's feisty as hell. I, th- I love his feet. I think he's really good at mirroring. Yep, I um, agree. He just needs to do a better job at finding the ball in phase. Uh, pure man coverage guy. I think he projects as a nickel. Yep. I think he he's he's if he can improve the like the ball skills are the big 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 worry. Um, if he can improve those, and rather than like it felt like especially like against App State, he would he would be in position and he just can't find the ball in phase. And it went after him a lot. Yeah, no, um, I watched that game too. So yeah, it's kind of funny because like I don't like I, I agree with you. He's in phase really well. Um, he comes downhill pretty pretty often, and makes plays. He's a solid tackler. There's just a lot of nice wrap and, yeah. and go down. He just he struggles finding the ball and he's too grabby and he just won't get his head around and. But it's funny though, because I think if he can, those are huge, huge things. Those are make and break things in, in, to me. Obviously, that you got to find the football. Um, but like, if he can, if he can figure that out, I do think there's a path to him to be uh, on an NFL roster as a nickel. Like, I, I, I agree with you. So, um, I, it's just he's just got to figure that out. If he doesn't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I think most upside goes to Derek Cantina, Georgia Southern, who's just a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. I think physically he is the he's so smooth and like fluid hips, confident pedal, got the long speed. I think he's a a guy again. Maybe it's probably not going to be in the twenty twenty two draft, but six picks. A guy at some point is yeah. Yeah, I think he's a guy at some point is going to be drafted. Yeah, no, I think I think that is fair. I I I kind of give him. He's my top guy. I liked Jordan Strong too at Coastal Coast. Not bad. He made a lot of plays from last year. Uh, five picks. Um, I think like the corner group is like, I liked these guys. I just don't have any draftable grades on them, and I'm not. I think Canteen's the most likely to get drafted. To Jordan Strong, um, he he, to me is really raw mm-hmm. technically, but super athletic, mm-hmm. and he always finds the football. Yeah. And does a great job there. Um, Sean Jolly at Apsi, I think, is a, a, an okay-looking nickel prospect, too. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, yeah, none, none of the corners really blew me away. Um, what about safeties? Do you like any of the safeties? Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I still have a late draft on Reed Blankenship. Like, uh, still. Reed Blankenship's going to be the greatest special teams. He's Andrew Wingard. Yeah, pretty much. 6'1", 204. He's a thumper. He's coming downhill. He's just strong against the run. Um, I just don't like how he was so often out of position in that Army game against the triple option. You just feel like they were so unprepared for it. But uh, and like, that's a game where he should look good too because all they do is run the football. Um, so like I think I think he's going to find himself maybe draftable on, on drafted in the seventh round or something. Um, was he your top guy? No, I like Javon Scruggs. My t- he's Liberty. my second guy. I think like, I think he. Those two are neck and neck. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't have a draft on Scruggs, so I have a late on Blankenship. But no, I like Scruggs. I I liked him like just during games last year too. Um, five eleven, one eighty. Um, I I don't know if he's like overly explosive, but like decent speed. 
I think he's good. He, to- he's really fit. Like, he plays with his hair on fire. Yeah. That's kind of my main takeaway. And, that's, and, and what I saw with kind of similar to Blankenship with them both is I see a special teams guy there. Yeah, no, I agree. A guy who's balls to the wall. Maybe, like, speaking specifically on Scruggs, I, I think he's going to struggle in coverage. Um, like, especially man coverage. I, I didn't love what I was seeing. Yeah. But he flies... Runs the alley and blows things up when he can. Like he he's looking to kill. Uh, I like that a lot. And same with Blankenship. I just think they're both really physical, tough football players who have a path to the NFL through special. Yeah, teams. I think there's a path for Scruggs as well. Um, he's really good at diagnosing the run too. It's not just balls to the yeah. wall. He's actually he's trusting his eyes and going. Um, just one play I enjoyed is it was the first play of the game against Coastal. He like forearmed the ref in the head. And then made the tackle on Grayson McCall, which was like, okay, this set the tone. He just fucking <laughs> knocked the ref's hat off and then goes and gets McCall. McCall. I thought I love that. Um, Wisdom is uh, a stoutly built uh, Rashad Wisdom. Um, another guy mm-hmm. who blasted a ref. That's one. Good blitzer. He's kind of like a coming forward. He's not bad, but he kind of out of position at times. And yeah, I think Scruggs and um, Blankenship, the, the top two guys. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. Um, yeah, but w- Wisdom and Nessie Johnson, they, they're all kind of in this similar vein as they play tough, they're physical, yeah. none of them are wowing you athletically, and um, Nazi and uh, Wisdom are both, yeah, kind of stockier dudes. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, I guess that's everyone. Um, we, we begin the Power Six next week, though. Uh, but before we go, let's run through the awards quickly. AJ's been chomping at the bit to talk Kuza. Is the Conference USA the least interesting FBS football conference? Uh, yeah, they are, which shocks me how quickly like the the Sun Belt jumped over the Conference USA. Like the Sun Belt jumps from, I feel like, a pretty much irrelevant outside of like what App State. Yeah, and, and, and maybe a little bit of Arkansas. And they they State haven't at been times. there that long either. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then jump to like I think it's the most exciting, including the American. I think it's the most exciting uh, group of five conference. Top top to bottom, it feels like more teams are competitive in the Sun Belt than the AAC. You know what I mean? Especially because some some of the programs, the AAC programs, have fallen fallen off a bit. Um, so yeah, I agree. Uh, you want to start with the Kuza? Who who do you got in the? Went <laughs> taking it all. I'm riding the UTSA wave. I respect it. I don't think there's a... I don't think, like, I mean, this. I, I would say smart money says UAB be, because Bill Clark has them in it every year and winning it most of the time. Um, but I think U, UTSA has steadily gotten better. Mm-hmm. Jeff Trailer's doing an off, awesome job. Frank Harris looked really good last year. They bring back, obviously, Franklin McCormick on offense. Um they're, they're a really exciting football team, and I've got them taking it over Marshall, which, I, I, I don't know, Mar- Marshall's interesting because obviously last year they, they rode a high for a bit there and then Felt fell hard. off, and, and now Doc, Doc Holliday's out, Charles Huff is in. But I still think, like, it to me, it, it was Marshall, UAB, and UTSA fighting for two spots. I would, okay, this one, I, I picked UAB over Marshall. I played it safe. But I kind of want UTSA to win it. I, I I think they're the most fun team, and I 
I, I gave... I'm biased as hell picking them. <laughs> I think I think like they're just yeah they're so fun. Yeah, Frank Frank Harris is so fun. Yes, yes. I, I think it's just like it's hard. Bill Clark is so good. He just has those Blazers, fucking just consistently good, consistently good. And and yeah, Huff is Huff is that's really exciting. I think Grant Wells, yeah, he fell apart, but I still think he's a pretty decent college quarterback. Um, and they're they're just they're always competitive. Um, I, th- I think that's the final, but I think Sincere McCormick is uh, conference player of the year. Okay, so the my question was gonna be: Is it just obviously Sincere? Like, who would be your? your I didn't pick Sincere McCormick. I thought it was too obvious. I wanted to be different. Um, who would be your second choice? Like, because to me, outside of Sincere McCormick, there's like no good bet. <laughs> Wait, who'd you pick? Like then? maybe Wells. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Maybe like maybe Wells, maybe even Frank Harris. Uh for me, baby, it's Billy Zappy. <laughs> I picked Johnny Ford. I'm riding this wave. I'm all I'm wow. all in on Johnny Ford. Okay. I think he, he he's the catalyst for the FAU bounce back. Um he's electric athletically, pass catcher. I think the offense is gonna run through Johnny Ford at FAU. I'm all in on FAU. Him and Zaire Mitchell, my boys. I, I respect it. I respect. It. I, I'm gonna go McCormick and then Zab. I think Zabby's top newcomer of the of the conference for sure. Lock it in. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna put up numbers. I think he's gonna be gonna be fun. Okay, who's your Kuzo defense player? Uh, I didn't even write one down. Who, who, do, you, who do you got? Oh my god! Well, I'm picking praise. Oh, okay. That's clearly he's not even close. He's my top guy easily. Uh, yeah, so I, we got it wrong earlier. We said seven sacks last year. It was only five and a half, seven TFLs, eight pass break, pass breakups, only eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, and was just a redshirt sophomore last year, and technically still is. I think like he is the most exciting defensive player in the conference USA without like without a doubt. Yes. Um, and he's a pass rusher, so it's a, it's a good bet that like UTEP's gonna not be good, but like he could be. He's gonna be on the. Dana f- Dimmel did an okay job last year. They won three games. That's like way better than normal. <laughs> he's gonna be on the field a lot, baby. So he's gonna get there. Yep. They just got to keep him in passing situations. That's the only issue for him to win. Uh, yeah, true. Uh, okay, jumping to the fun belt, sun belt. Um, last year, it was set up to be a rematch of Coastal and Louisiana. They played. They played in the regular season. They were set up to play in the in the sun belt championship. Got canceled. Uh, due to COVID, they uh, they split the title. Do they both march on back? Absolutely. I think ball don't lie, COVID do lie. They're getting they're getting back to the championship game. And and who who do you have taken it? I I, I gave it to Coastal. I gave it to Coastal. I. Me too. I, I think my heart <laughs> lies in Louisiana. Yours lies in Conway. But um, I think I think just top to bottom, Coastal. It's just more. It's a little more talented. They, they return so much. It's stupid. Yeah, it's like and yeah, it's like d- just CJ Maribel, like really, leaving. Ba- yeah, basically, and like um, uh, the the other like they again they return so much, and their their defense was so good last year. Yeah. Not to mention how fun that offense is and how great Grayson McCall was. Whereas like Louisiana, it feels like is a lot of Billy Napier being a great coach and Levi Lewis being a really great college quarterback. Yeah. Or just Coastal's got so many less things to worry about. ULL's year was last year, and it just 
it, it just didn't all. It was a bad year for it to be the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and this feels like it's got to be Billy Napier's last year, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. Especially with like Lewis's Michigan. last year. And he's coming to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis is coming to coach. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Th- th- that's the other thing too. Not to make this part of it, but like it feels like Jamie Chavel is going to stay in Conway forever. No, at least for I mean he's just signed a seven year extension. Like it feels like he's going to stay in Conway at least a couple more years versus yeah. Billy Napier is just biding time until that perfect job does open up. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. And that perfect job is Michigan. And it's Michigan, baby. <laughs> um, Grace, yeah, Grace so, Mc... so I also I I Go ahead. I have the Shanta clears over region Cajuns. Um, I'm just thinking like if you had to even go other any other direction. It's like it's like I want to say App State because they're always good, but I can't see them getting over Coastal in the East. No, I know that's the problem, right? Like, it, if Louisiana slips up, like Arkansas State, yeah. it's a new coaching staff, yeah. and like, is Jake Bentley really going to be the guy to turn South we, Alabama around? We, we didn't talk about that yet, but like, with Womack there and Bentley, like, I think I think they're gonna have a good year, but not. I think, but but I like not, not overtake no, Louisiana. No, like maybe bowl eligibility mm-hmm. at be, like six and six at best is I think what you're home. And like I think Texas State's going to take a bit of a leap too, but they were two and ten last year. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be like no one in the the West is close to Louisiana, especially given Ar- what Arkansas State has lost. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's only Ark State ever really, but no, exactly. Um, Grace versus like the East, you could the East is interesting because. Obviously, App State's always always in it. Like, Coastal just made that leap. App State's always in it. Troy's been pretty good at times. Um, Georgia Southern's always bowl eligible, it feels like. And Georgia State's on the upswing. I like Cornelius Brown a lot. Mm-hmm. No, the East is, but, the East yeah. is a lot better. Yeah. yeah. Um, Grayson McCall. Uh, okay, Sunbelt offense play. Yeah, Grayson yeah. McCall. Uh, second, it's Levi Lewis, and it's everyone else, in my opinion, really. Yeah, I feel like there's no one else – People's like, but they they like mixing it up too. Anyways, yeah, pe- people's people's people's. I think would be the smart third pick, right? Yeah, yeah. They just, but they they like changing their um, backs up a bit. But people sees clearly the the dude there. Yeah, he is the dude. Um, defensive player. Um, Teddy Gallagher. It's gonna be. It's you got to assume it's someone. It's like it's one of them. The coastal someone players. on that coastal defense. Yeah, I think it's him or Gunter. Yeah. Yeah, I think like I I, I won't these these small conferences always just like giving it to uh, linebackers <laughs> unless someone puts up big sack numbers. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm gonna go with Teddy Gallagher. I go with Gunter. Twelve and a half TFLs, six and a half sacks, six force fumbles last year. Now it's his show to run at that on that D line. Uh, I like him a lot. So um, okay, before we get out of here and send you off on your way to prepare mentally for us to talk about the American next week. Uh, town of the week, AJ. Any any bets? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um San Marcos. How did you know? Who, who you're you're I, like I've always said you remind me a lot of Liam Dobson. You just wanna wanna get to San Marcos. Uh, it is Conway, South Carolina. <laughs> um, I've always loved before. Co- no, my love for Coastal Carolina started with Tyler Thigpen. <laughs> um, because I saw him do, I saw him do a local when he was Coastal Carolina's quarterback. He was in a local 
TV commercial. It might have been like the year he graduated and got drafted by the Chiefs. I think that's who drafted him, seventh round. Um, I was in the the Myrtle Beach area, and he was like in all of the local TV commercials. Like it was a big deal. And ever since then, I've loved Coastal Carolina. Now they're actually in the FBS and good. Uh, so of course it's Conway, home to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Stadium, Brooks Stadium, has that surf turf, that beautiful teal turf. It's the perfect town. I would take, like, if if you asked me if I could go to any college, like, group of five college town, Conway would legitimately be my choice. Everything about this Coastal Carolina program is, is what I love about football. So, I love Conway. S- population of 25,956. That's what you're going to guess, right, AJ? Yeah, you gotta you gotta let me guess next week, please. Okay. Well, do you want to guess the notable alumni I've written down? Tyler Thigpen. That's correct. Uh, by the way, uh, drafted by the Vikings, didn't make the roster, then went to the Chiefs. Um, okay, thank you. I loved. I don't know why I loved him the preseason in Kansas City. Too. Um, I have no idea. I can. Um, well, yeah, they got a tropical storm warning right now in in Myrtle Beach and Conway. Be careful. <laughs> oh everyone. no. The only downside of Conway? Uh, Kenny Powers was probably from okay. the area, I assume. Well, yeah, but he, he didn't get into Coastal. No. <laughs> uh, okay, here's some notable alumni. Josh Norman, Jerome Simpson, Mike Tolbert. That's the big three. Yep. Dustin Johnson. Oh, right. I forgot about that. And Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, it's funny that pretty good group. yeah they it's funny they put out some fun football players before they're like like I just saw on the Wikipedia page Thigpen was the first player ever drafted from Coastal and uh, the first player ever drafted from the Big South. Ooh, um, some notable people from Conway hasn't produced a lot, but has produced Junior Hemingway. <laughs> That's the most important. Wow. Uh, Brian Edwards, also from there, spurned Coastal and played at South Carolina like a fool. Could have been a first-round pick, Brian, had you gone to yeah. Coastal instead of the third round. Um, and most importantly, Vanna White is a Coastal Carolina alum, the co-host of Wheel of Fortune. Really? Yeah. I don't Isn't that you. random? That's very random. I'm sorry. I just, I've been thinking about Junior Hemingway. I miss him. I haven't thought about him in a while, and I miss him. Yeah, when I saw his name, I, I, I had forgotten he existed. Uh, okay, finally, things to do when you're in Conway, South Carolina. Of course, start your day at the Conway River Walk. I'm assuming it's a walk over rivers. <laughs> Why do all these sounds have river walks? I don't know, but it's on all the trip advisors. For every time I search, it's the number one thing is the river walks. Um, of course, after that, you want to gain some history of the area. Head on down to the Horry County Museum. And learn about the county, I guess. Um, and then maybe you want to buy something. Well, I got two different places to stop on your on your day of buying. First, the Southern Pickers Antiques. Maybe you find a little sweet, priceless item. And then, of course, you're going to head on down to the gun store indoor range. Buy a gun and shoot it indoors at the range. Um, then, obviously, that that's probably get your adrenaline up. Time to relax. Head on down to Conway Glass and do some glass blowing. That sounds fun, right? Uh, no. Time for a snack. Go on down to Papa's General Store. Oh, that sounds fun. 
<laughs> I bet the I bet they got some deals there. And then finally, maybe you got a hot date. You take her to Dreamland Skating Arena, <gasps> which I I choose to believe is rollerblading and not like ice skating, but I don't know. Okay, I just looked at Papa's General Store on Google. They're advertising this shirt that has a picture of a goat and said, you'd worry the horns off a billy goat. 